0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch of comics that come out this Wednesday. And guess what? We're also going to talk about a bunch of other comics. So let's get into it. It's a big stack, Pete. It's a big stack out there. Don't get lost, you know? Oh, thanks, man. Hey, no problem, man. Let's kick it off with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number one no, from Boom Studios. Man. Now, this is bringing the Buffy license over to Boom Studios. It's their first issue. How pumped issue.
1: are you for this?
0: How pumped am I? Yeah. I love Buffy. and I You're a
1: huge Buffy guy.
0: I am a huge Buffy guy. Uh, but uh, that said, I really enjoyed the Dark Horse Buffy books a lot. So Ooh. I was curious
1: to see what? what was that? You're throwing a little shade towards Boom right now. No, I'm not throwing shade at all. No, I'm well, just saying. I like the Dark Horse better. All, but... No,
0: I'm not saying I liked it better. All I'm saying is I like the Dark Horse books a lot, so mm-hmm. I'm a little trepidatious when it comes to an entirely new take that wipes what I saw before clean away. That said I thought this was very good I was very surprised About the direction That it went in As a fan of Buffy A little bit of spoiler here But it almost starts A clean continuity In a way It does There Buffy is in town, she has a job, she meets Xander and Willow, as far as I remember for the pilot, in a very different way, they find out about her as a Slayer, we get to see Giles a bit, and we get to see a bunch of characters that we know before, but show up in very different ways, and... I liked it. I think it captured the tone of the characters very well, but it took me a second to get into it because it was rocking my brain the entire time trying to remember whether I remembered things wrong or if this made sense with continuity. What did you think about it?
1: Well, as someone who's more of a casual Buffy guy, I was just like... Hey, wait, don't we already know these characters? Why don't they know each other if I know them? But then I was like, okay, this is just a fresh take, as you said, and got into it. I was impressed... I think it's a great entry point for something that's been around for a long time. And I like the writing. I like the pace. I thought the art was amazing. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, me too. I'm really curious to see where it goes now that I've gotten past the broken parts of my
0: brain and started to understand what this book is going for. Uh, But like you said... This is a modernized Buffy. It is an older series now, even though that hurts my heart very much to say. Uh, so it's good to see a modern take on it. I'm curious to see how this is continue, given that they're working on a TV reboot at the same time. Oh, wow. Whether they will tie in together or weave together, or if it's going to be its own separate this thing. This is
1: like a true because I saw I was like, all right, issue number one, but. All this other stuff, right. but this is a real number one. Yeah, issue. this is
0: not between the scenes adventures. This yeah. is literally like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You
1: don't know what's going on. Come on, Rebooted. on board.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which so, is great.
1: It's a smart take, I think. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited for more. I really felt like uh, it did a great job of taking something we love and went going in a little different direction.
0: All right. Speaking of taking something we love and going in a different direction, let's kick it over to Marvel for Guardians of the Galaxy number one by good old Donny Cates. Now, after the events of Infinity Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy are scattered. Drax is dead. Gamora is a villain. We don't know what's going on with Rocket Raccoon. Uh, and Thanos also died at the beginning of that event. And this issue picks up with the last will and testament of Thanos, which is something that was teased in, I think it was Thanos Requiem, if I remember the title correctly. I have no um, idea. And a bunch of people, a bunch of heroes, cosmic heroes, are showing up for the last will and testament. And as you imagine, things go horribly, awfully wrong pretty quickly. I would quickly. not
1: go to a reading of no. Thanos' last will. No, no, that's a, that's bad, a idea. bad idea. You're right. asking for trouble walking <laughs> into that room. Well, what did you think about this book that was i was uh reading i was like of course uh what a what a fun thing to have happen uh yeah i thought it was a cool idea and really well executed um i'm excited to see where this goes what's weird for me is kind of the breakup of the guardians team and then kind of this new team that's put together but also, it's weird for me not to like Groot. I've never in my life <laughs> not liked Groot. And Groot is a straight up dick in this. Yeah, he is. Uh, so uh,
0: I'm going to spoil a couple of things about this book, but uh, this is in the effort of saying why I think this is a really, really strong first issue. Also, uh, I couldn't get over this ad in the middle
1: oh, of the it. Wolverine Infinity Watch. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, are you excited about that beat? That just blew my mind, and I had to take a moment to just... Now, blow. are the
0: claws part of the gauntlet, or is he popping them through the Infinity Stones? It's got to be
1: through the Infinity Stones. Oh, man, that's
0: that's wicked cool. It's in between. That's hella cool. The, yeah, that that's is. That's like sell your pogs cool, is what that is. <laughs> uh, so uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy book, though, one of the things that I... Uh, there's a couple of things I think are great about it. it mm-hmm. To me, it plays like a really good TV pilot, because you get all these heroes together. You get Big Bang villains, which, again, getting very heavily into spoilers here, but the uh, two remaining guards of the galaxy are away when this is all happening, Peter Quill and Groot, uh, and uh, the sentient head of nowhere, which has been commandeered by the Black Order, attacks all the assembled heroes, that includes like Silver Surfer, Beta Ray Bill, the uh, Star Jammers, everybody you can imagine, takes them all out and shoots them through time, uh, and then there's only a couple of them left, Peter Quill and Immediately enlist them to become the new Guardians of the Galaxy, and at the same time, it turns out the big villain, at least the sub villain that has uh, taken Thanos' body that the Black Order is working for, is Hela, goddess of death. And then the third thing that's happening is Thanos says that someone in the galaxy he put his brain before he died in somebody else. Oh, yeah. So there's a ton of stuff going on here. It's
1: it, what
2: Who is. is
1: Thanos, that's a crazy thing. Well, so what I think think is so great
0: about this is there is more than enough to power not just one arc of a series, but multiple arcs of a series here. You've got the Who is Thanos mystery. You've got all of these cosmic heroes. How is
1: that not a title right
0: now? Who is Thanos? Who is Thanos? Yeah. I don't know because Guardians of the Galaxy is better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All of these heroes spread throughout time, so that's another thing that's going to have to go on. Uh, And then you have whatever's going on with Hela and the Black Order and Thanos' body. Great stuff. That's great. There's so much to power at least 12 issues, if not beyond what I feel like most comics are like we're a new team. Let's go, and that's kind of the whole idea of the thing. That's what I think is so strong about this
1: execution, and I really, really liked it a lot. Uh, at any point, reading the comic, did you think that floating head was uh, like what Thanos, like they were going to get build a body for that floating head, and that was going to be Thanos? Nowhere? Yeah. So he'd just be walking around with an enormous head and a tiny body? No, I'm saying they would build a body. Oh, to like fit an the- enormous Thanos yeah. body. yeah. But that's not his head. Yeah, I know, but it, it was just like weird. I guess this was... is a
0: long way of saying, no, I didn't think it okay.
1: <laughs> Just because they were like, all right, we, who's, where is Thanos? And then they kept showing a floating head going around, and I was like, oh, wouldn't that be crazy? If I'll, we... I'll throw out one theory, though, just at you right now, uh, who I think Thanos
0: is in right now. Uh, is Star Fox Star Fox who is Running the presentation Showing off the last will and testament uh, Thanos hates Star Fox The ultimate fuck you would be To stick his brain inside of Star Fox And then of course Thanos would be would Want to be in the fun, front Presenting all of this to everybody uh, So I don't know That's my theory going on right well, now Well
1: I think the bigger fuck you would be If he was in Gamora I guess. Just because. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's another thing that's out there they're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Great stuff, guys.
0: Let's move on to another number one from DC Comics, Naomi number one. This is an original property from Brian Michael Bendis. It's about a young girl in a small town uh, who keeps missing Superman when he passes by. Uh, But there's also some big mysteries about her
1: and her birth that are going on. How would you feel about this? Now, this, to me, is a great Bendis comic. Like, it really feels like something that he is writing and there's some passion behind And I also really love the shot of her locker where it showed Superman and then Clark Kent with, like, the glasses. And, like, there was a question mark next to, like, Superman. So, like, she's maybe trying to figure some shit out. Uh, I really like this. Uh, I thought this was a fantastic first issue. Does a great job of setting up what's going on. Gets you kind of excited for maybe what's to come. I think she's a great character. I want more. I'm very excited. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, it's right in Bendis' wheelhouse doing
0: a ground level examination of these DC superheroes. It's a character. He likes playing with themes of adoption as well. And that's something that plays in heavily here. Uh this, to me, feels like what the new age of heroes for DC should have been but wasn't always, uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes. There's enough yeah. mystery there to definitely power me
1: through to the second issue. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Speaking I also of- like that big guy who is uh, talking with her at the end. You He's- liked him because he was big. Oh, he seemed like a cool dude.
0: Moving it over to an image comic, Oliver Number One. This is from Gary Whitta of Star Wars fame, but it is a big twist on Oliver Twist, which we've already seen with Olivia Twist over in Dark Horse Comics. So, given all of that Oliverness,
1: what did you think about this book, Pete? I thought this did a great job of setting up what this is about, getting us to kind of like the main character and kind of in this post-apocalyptic world. I. I I was like, this is going to blow, but I was actually impressed with it. I thought the art did an amazing job of telling the story. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm on board. Well, the art is by Derek Robertson, who
0: I don't think has ever drawn a bad comic book. So (laughs) that's great. Uh, It takes place in this post-apocalyptic world uh, where a young boy is born. It's telling the story of Oliver. So if you're familiar at all uh, of Oliver Twist, you definitely know what's going on. Um, But uh, he has some genetic abnormalities. Um, It's much sweeter than you would expect. Yeah. I kept waiting for it to go super dark. Yeah, no one never does that. Yeah. Uh, which I I think it will given the Dickens of it all. Uh, But I liked it a lot. Uh, The art, as mentioned, is very good. The writing is really solid. It's a nice new world. That seems very simple in terms of what it's presenting. Great
1: job as a first issue, like setting things up and getting excited for more. Yeah. uh, Dickens dude did a very good job with that. All right. (laughs) Moving
0: on to an Archie comic book that's coming out. This was requested over in our Patreon Slack. Uh, Blossom666, number one. This is from Cullen Bunn. We've been really enjoying his horror stuff. Now, Pete, I know you didn't get a chance to read this, so I'm going to monologue for a little bit. Is that all right? No problem, buddy. All right, sweet. Here we go. So the idea of this book is that Jason Blossom and Cheryl Blossom, regular kids, of course, living in the town of Riverdale. Nothing weird going on, except this is part of the Archie Horror Line. So it turns out one of them might be the Antichrist. Ooh. Not quite sure which. Uh, really? You can't but, tell? You, well, you can't tell yet because they don't know yet necessarily. Ooh. Yeah. So that's the setup of the book. Uh, otherwise, the rest of the citizens of Riverdale are none the wiser. They get uh, uh, invited over to a very alarming pool party over at Thornhill uh, and things go south pretty quickly where Dilton is enraptured with Cheryl and uh, brought to a rather terrifying uh, decision point. Uh, At the same time, we get to see some cultists, a little bit of blood, this is a very soft start for this book. This is kind of a slow slower start than say afterlife with Archie or anything like that. Um but I enjoyed it. I think it's fun. I I mean, granted like I'm a sucker for the Archie comic stuff. Um but I'm definitely willing to read more and I think Cullen Bunn has built up enough goodwill with horror that I'm excited to see how dark this gets and I think the answer is going to be pretty dark.
1: Yeah. I mean, he does do a lot of uh Great kind of like events, you know, the Marvel zombies, a bunch of other stuff like Deadpool kills everyone. Uh, he Yeah, he does great kind of event books. And this uh, seems like it will be one of those. I agree.
0: All right. Valiant Comics Livewire number two. Now, we really loved Livewire number one. Uh, the setup is that Livewire, who can usually control all machines, Uh, like Michelangelo, is uh, on the run. That was Donatello. Donatello does machines. So I was looking down at my phone, and I got distracted. I'm really sorry about
1: that. I got you back. Uh,
0: Whenever I looked down at my phone, I forget which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is which. Uh, So anyway, Livewire does machines very similar to Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) And uh, she got captured at the end of the last issue, and some bad shit goes down with Livewire. What do you think? Did this one hold up in issue two?
1: Yes. uh, I think that... This is turning into one of my favorite Valiant books. Uh, I think the art is amazing. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you think, okay, this, um, this might not be something that, you know, they're not going to do this because this would really, uh, you know, like silence uh, her as a, as, a, uh, as a superhero, like take away her powers. But they actually do it in a really good way.
0: Yeah, I agree. The art is great on this book. The writing is great on this book. This just builds and builds. And I don't want to spoil the status quo that Livewire ends up with in the second issue, but so good. Really I was just,
1: good. I was just really impressed because a lot of times they're like, oh, this is what we want to do to you. And then it's like, oh, that will never happen because that will never be like a cool thing for that character to go through. But they really put her through the ringer in such a in such a way that's like as someone who reads a lot of comic books, I was like kind of shocked that they did. All right, let's get to an advanced review, so no spoilers on this, Pete. But this is coming out from Dark
0: Horse on January 30th, Weird number 1. Now, the premise of this book, uh, without, again, getting too much into spoilers, is uh, it's about a guy who seemingly can never die, or at least his bones can never break, uh, and he's set on covert missions. It's like a mix between John Constantine
1: and James Bond, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, but, a little, little darker. Yeah, and also more indestructible, kind of like Wolverine styles. Right, 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 yeah. right. Uh, what did you think about this book? Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm excited to see where it goes. They do a good job of like setting things up without telling you everything, but you're not like m- upset that you don't know everything. You're kind of like okay with it as it goes forward. I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm looking forward to it. This built nicely for me. I was
0: not totally into how hardcore John Constantine it was at the beginning. It felt very derivative to me, but I do think the idea of what was going on continued to grow as the issue went on, Uh, and particularly what happens at the end emotionally grounded it more, and I was much more into it. I'm definitely curious enough to check out a second issue and see where it goes. Yeah. All right. Another advanced review from Dynamite, also out. Jan- January thirtieth, the shape of Elvira, number one. I don't know much about Elvira. To be honest with what? you. I find uh, that hard to believe. Other than knowing what she looks like and knowing that she is a monster movie host or something like that, that's kind of it for me. Um, I thought this book was fun. It's uh, silly. It seems to be the right tone for what I imagine Elvira is like. uh, As clearly Elvira's biggest fan, how do you feel about it?
1: (laughs) I'm not her biggest fan. Uh, I just remember the shows that she would host. Um, Yeah, I... I thought this was fun. I thought this was very much in the viral wheelhouse in a in a way that was uh creative and uh it, you know, I thought it, the story moved forward in a really fun way and uh I'm excited. I, I think it's if you like Avira, you'll like this book. Moving on to Boom Studios. The avant Garde's number one girl heads to
0: a very artsy college and gets sucked into the basketball team. This is
1: from Boombox, so it's an all-ages title. Pete, how'd you feel about this? I really enjoyed this. I thought the art was fantastic. I loved the characters. I thought they did a good job of giving them, like, their own personalities in a way that was believable and cool. And, yeah, I, uh, I really felt like they were the ages that they said they were. And, I uh, don't normally like All Ages, but I was really impressed with this book.
0: I just like the simple twist that this book has, that usually you see an artsy kid comes to a sports college uh, and finds the down-on-their-luck art team that is going to get together and put on a show or something like this. Mm -hmm. This There's a twist on this. The entire college is super into arts uh, and different types of arts. That's what everybody likes, while the basketball team are the losers. And I think that's a fun riff. I'm excited to see how that goes. I'm excited to see how that changes things uh, and it should be enjoyable going forward because honestly basketball is a sport for losers hey 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 no 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 no.
1: it's true no it's not no everybody agrees no that's not true who's the biggest loser in the world larry bird oh my god i oh (laughs) i wish i could punch (laughs) you for saying that
0: (laughs) all right let's move on to a dc comic freedom fighters number two I was blown away by the first issue of this uh, book. This is one of the darkest things I've ever read from DC comics set in an alternate world where Nazis have taken over. Uh, they kill the entire team in the first issue and then a new team arises at the end. We pick up right there in the second issue. How do you feel this held up?
1: Uh, yeah, this is an insane book, but it's also very enjoyable. Um, And I'm also glad that they kind of changed the Nazi symbol a little bit, so it feels like a little bit more uh, in a a comic book setting. Uh, So that, uh, you know, just because when it looks too realistic, it reminds me of real Nazis, and that makes me sad. Uh, So this, I thought, was very enjoyable and pretty insane. What did you think about Hitler Jr. if you don't like Nazis so much? Yeah, whatever, man. I, well, I don't care about Hitler Jr. <laughs> Would you care. go back in
0: time and kill baby Hitler Jr.? Sure. No problem I'll kill any baby You tell me to I don't
1: even care No, that's not true Uh, Yeah, this
0: book is great It's not quite as intense And fucked up As the first issue But you can't really Get that fucked up Very frequently Uh, This is still Insanely big art And insanely big danger For this team They certainly don't uh, Scrimp on that And uh, there's some Big mythic moments here I don't know how This is going to continue It's a 12-issue Maxi-series Or where it's going to go But I'm very excited To stay on board yeah. All right. Moving on to another Dino Night book out January thirtieth, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. This is another title that I don't really know anything about. Um,
1: what do you think about this first issue? Well, uh, we're probably not allowed to spoil stuff, but I was, uh, as far as the first issue goes, man, this is pretty awesome. I mean, there's a lot that happens in one issue. I mean, you kind of really get an idea, and then you get to watch it played out. I was impressed uh, and also kind of laughed because there's a lot of, like, crazy stuff with alternate universes, and I kind of really like the take. Yeah, this is, uh,
0: I I liked where it ended up a little better. I honestly found the majority of the comic a little confusing, not knowing anything about these characters or this world. Um, But eventually it ends up in kind of a Watchmen riff, and I thought it was cute. So uh, now that the premise is clear, I'm interested to see where it goes next. Yeah, I'm on board. All right. Another valiant book, Exo Manowar number three. Uh, this is Matt Kent, I believe, taking over the title. Exo um, Manowar is back on Earth. Sons one arm with a bunch of scars and a beard. Uh, but it's still picking up on the stuff that happened when he was off planet. I love the Exo Manowar book. Yeah, you're a I think huge it's, fan. I think it's so well done. The character is so good. They actually allow him to grow and change and tweak the mythology as they go on. Uh, and, and he has some villains from his past show up to really screw up his new life. What did you think,
1: Pete? Uh, this is a really good book. I mean, I have never been that big of a fan to X-O Man of War, but this is starting to um, starting to get on board. Uh, this was kind of like, for me, the first issue that I really got it and was enjoying it all the way through. So... Uh, I don't know, I I felt like this was a solid book and I'm excited to see where it goes. I also like the honest discussion he had about his own urine there. That was interesting. Yeah, it's good. Listen, I always try to talk to my clothes about where my urine goes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they answer
0: me, sometimes they don't. Yeah. yeah. Last one we're going to talk about.
1: I need pee through your
0: clothes. Yeah, I'm pissing myself right now. <laughs> I have been very much dreading talking about this, the <laughs> entire podcast log, so let's get into it. From Marvel, Uncanny X-Men Annual Number One from Ed Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going ahead and explaining the cliffhanger from the last issue of County X-Men, where all the X-Men have disappeared except Cyclops, who is back alive, regular-sized Cyclops, not tiny Cyclops. Uh, and this takes us through the history, shows where he's been, how he came back to life, I will say, before we start shouting at each other, I thought this was really good. I thought this was a good explanation. This weaved in a lot of continuity. It showed how either they've been planning this for a really good long while, or they figured out a super smart way to retcon everything. But either way, I thought it was very well-structured, and it was a really good Cyclops story. And as we can all agree, Cyclops is a very good character deserves to be back alive, and that's the all the time that we have on the podcast, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's all the time we have oh, uh, to say anything. You know it
1: would be weird is if like Marvel sat around and was just like hey We've got a bunch of money to waste. Uh, What's the least likable hero we can just waste this money on? And they were like, hey, what about Cyclops? Great idea. Let's waste a ton of time and energy on somebody that
2: sucks and then continue to get into why he sucks so bad. I'm just going to edit myself into this podcast uh, after Pete's long gone gone home and say, why don't you give Cyclops a chance, Pete, and everyone else? Because, like, it's easy to hate something, but he was a hero back in the day. And no, now he wasn't. He's back. Nope. Pete, this is in post. You can't interrupt me. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Uh, this is a time. I'm uh, putting this in a different time. So, and also, you can't comment afterwards because you never heard this. Uh, so, all I'm saying is, uh, I think it's time for a new Cyclops to shake up the dynamic. Oh, uh,
1: so. It, Uh, If I may, in post, add some extra thoughts. Um, And this is just me talking so nobody else can talk, which I like about the post. I just hope
2: Pete doesn't get a copy of this or he has time to add any extra comments also in post. Uh,
1: Well, what's great about post is you can keep adding stuff after somebody says something stupid. Uh, Yeah. I don't care about Cyclops. I also don't care who his dad is or what stupid things they had to do to get themselves back alive. It's that, just, His dad's one of
2: the star jammers.
1: He's just stacking shit on top of shit.
2: That's been around for it's so It's a
1: dumb long. thing, and it keeps continuing to be dumb. We can't just walk away and
2: leave it. It's no dumber. But talk to me Cyclops the, about the history of Wolverine. That's a crazy it's, stack of weirdness. So, like,
1: grow up. Cyclops killed Professor Xavier. Why do
2: you keep defending him? 50 people have killed that dude. That's I, true. I just
0: want to mention I hope you guys are listening out there to the podcast. I edit the podcast and I hope you appreciate <laughs> how difficult it was to edit that together since both Justin and Pete recorded that in post. But I think it all worked out. I think it all worked out. And I'm recording this in post as well. Guys, if you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Please come on by and we'll yell at you about Cyclops or whatever you want to do.
1: <laughs> Pete, what do you want to plug? Front us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show.
2: Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live.
1: Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more.
0: And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Thanks and for the stopping. last
2: word goes to Justin. <laughs> you nope. You, sh- nope. That's you not shut cool. off your own bike.
0: <laughs> no, you shut off your bike. <laughs>